On this week's Inside Marketing, I'll be joined by Lee Thompson as we talk about digital audio in Ireland. Ireland are huge listeners to digital audio content, and I know digital audio has come up before in the podcast, but a lot has changed since then, and there's been huge development and growth in the market. So, join us this week on Inside Marketing as we discuss digital audio. The Inside Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Dentsu and Irish Times Media Solutions. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Inside Marketing. As I said in the intro, we're going to talk about digital audio and we have talked about digital audio before, but a lot has changed since then. That was back in the days of COVID. The world is back to normal or new normal. Um, so I just wanted to find out what what are the trends that we saw then, were, were still around or whether things had changed. So, and, and there's a lot of innovation in the category as well. So um, without further ado, I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Lee Thompson, who is a director and co-founder, I think, of Audio One in Ireland. Lee, welcome. How are you? Hi, Dave. Uh, great to be with you. Great to Thanks have for you. Having me. Yeah, great to have you. Long overdue. Before we start, I do have to commend you because you have, must have the patience of a saint because you're working with Brian Regan. You have him working in your camp doing some work. So I have to commend you for that. You must have the absolute patience of a saint. So that it, that's a reward. That's a, a kind of recognition in itself. So well done for that. But uh, I'm not going to keep you too long because um, you're busy, but let's crack on. So um, we'll just see where it goes. I have loads of questions to ask. We might get through them all, but look, let's 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 crack on first of all um when you think about digital audio right what give me the pitch right because there's a lot of media and there's a lot of digital channels and there's a lot and there's proven media new media old media whatever you want to call it so um why should digital audio be on everyone's radar at the moment in terms of plannings what why should we be thinking about it um wh- wh- give me give me the pitch what's happening why is, is it not just yeah audio's audio what's good about it yeah look it, first of all it's, it's big David, it's big, right? So advertisers are interested in scale. It 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 has scale, yeah. Um, it's about two and a half, two point eight million listeners weekly. Um, so you know, in a in a fairly short uh, space of time, it's become a viable vehicle um, for advertisers to reach a very long, large cross section of Irish adults. Okay, mm. um, that's about you know. 77% of Irish adults are listening to digital audio weekly. Okay? Really? Is it that high? Yeah. Yeah, well. And if you compare that with TV, right, commercial channel TV, you know, weekly viewership is about 75% of Irish adults. Okay. Mm. Um, and even radio, which is hugely successful in Ireland, um, that's at about 90% reach, or 91% reach of, of adults weekly. So digital audio is big. Right. So I guess that's the main thing. That's the main thing. Yeah. And it, yeah. And then the other thing is just the format. You know, Irish people love love audio. I mean, we, we like to talk, but we also love to listen. Mm, right. Mm. Um, so and I, sound, I, I just I just think sound is a kind of a, a, you know, there's a lot of ad effect in the studies. I'm sure you're aware of them. And, and sound tends to trump vision. Um, when it comes to ad effectiveness. So the format's special and Irish people love it and, and advertisers seem to like it as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise it was that big. I don't know what, like, I didn't know what um, what number I'd seen, but I hadn't seen one in ages now. But so, so that's a huge amount of, has that grown a lot? Like, is it growing year on year? The, the what you say, it was 77% of, of Irish adults are listening to some form of digital or digital audio content weekly, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Has that been growing um, a lot? Like it's 
or it, it has. I, I mean, look, I think COVID supercharged the medium, mm. right? Because we all had a lot of time on our hands um, and we didn't quite know what to do with it. And I think uh, digital audio was comforting. It gave us escape. Yeah. Um, and it, it it just, yeah, took us into a different realm. And, and we all, by God, we all needed that at that at that time, you know. Um, so that really charged it. But even since then, it's 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 grown. Um, unfortunately, you know, we've this uh, yearly tracker in the IAB Red Sea research, which aims to put a bit of a, a shape or a, aims to size the market. Now, um, I'm not sure if there's going to be a wave this year, but, you know, that's tracked the growth of the medium over time. And yeah, look, it, mm. it continues to grow. And you, it's, it's in good health. Do you have any idea how, how big in terms of the, the size of the market is in terms of the, the spend? Again, the IAB with PwC, they do their you know their yearly annual spend study, and uh, digital audio is now included. Uh, and in 2022, they put the size of the market at 16 million euro. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it had it had grown. I think they they tracked it the previous year, and it had grown year on year uh, by about a third. Um, and I think they kind of. Uh, said that it was the fastest growing right. advertising format out there. Right. Um, you mentioned something a few a few minutes, a few seconds, a few minutes ago, where you said like there's something special about about sound um, versus visual. Like in in my head, now it's mostly when you compare guys, but like we 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 buy into um, you know visual and AV and TV and video. Video is huge. It's always it's always really important and and you know push for and plans and everything. Um, but why is audio so special? Like, um, what makes it so special, and and is it proven? And we might get into research because now even Dentsu have done a lot of research in in this space later on. But like, what's so special about it? And is digital audio different to radio and that kind of specialness on it? Do you think? No, I, well, I, look, I, I think again, it just goes back to the format. I mean, sound. We humans process sound five times quicker than images. Right. Okay. And so the the, the brand effect of audio is a lot more immediate. Uh, than it is for visual media like TV and and, and digital display, right? Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, digital audio ads, well, audio ads have this emotional intensity that people have, right? We hear sounds, we remember things. Yeah. Okay. So create it creates memories, it creates associations, um, and you know that emotional intensity goes a long way. Uh, winning your attention, right? Um, and and that's what advertisers want, right? Yeah. They want people who are attentive, who are engaged, um, and who can associate, you know, brands with with things. Yeah, it could be songs, it could be whatever. You yeah, know? yeah, I know, and it makes sense because we when you were into us a couple of weeks ago, and and it just makes sense. Like, and I'd say even versus even versus radio. So a lot of radios listen to. I mean, I listen to radio in the car or whatever, um, or it might be on at home sometimes. Podcasts I usually listen to, or digital content I kind of usually listen to with my headphones. Um, what I meant in the bike, I tend to do that, and it is much more like it's a much more intimate um listen. I'm a much more engaged listen, and also, and I don't know, like I mean, it's, and I and I love radio anyway, so. Um, I'm not saying anything bad about radio, but I do think there's a slight difference between having something on. And right, we know radio can work in without full attention, peripheral attention or partial attention. Um, it's proven to work. But there's something that I've gone in my way to to listen to and to um, you know, in in a, in an abundance, a world full of content and abundance of choice. 
if I'm if I've gone to the bother of seeking something out and 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 download it every week, I'm by definition going to be more committed and, and more engaged in that in that listen. So it kind of makes total sense to me. Um, but what's interesting? Yeah, go on, sorry. No, but just what you're saying there, Dave, is is and, and it's not just um, restricted to to audio media. You know, it's the march of uh, on demand media. Yeah. Right. And, you know, the unstoppable march of on-demand media, and it, it's coming at the expense of linear media, you know? We all want to enjoy content on our own terms now, mm. right? We want to we want to be in control of what we listen to, what we view, when we view it, how we view it. You know, in the old uh, appointment media, you know, where you sat down at a certain time to watch a certain show on TV, uh, or similarly with radio, that's receding. Mm. That's not how we're living our lives now. We're living our lives uh, in a different way. We're yeah. controlling the, the 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 scheduling, if you like, with with, with a few exceptions. And and um, give a shout out to to Colin Sherwin. Actually, he wrote a great piece on this recently around live sport. I think live sport still is the great last beacon of hope, or one of those yeah. beacons of hope for 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 traditional uh, programmers and stuff. You know, people still. Yeah. congregate around live sport. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd also argue that, well, also I think Netflix have copped on to the fact that giving everyone a month's trial free when everything's available, it just is a bad business model because you can binge watch everything. And there's a lot to be said for releasing things episodically, weekly, because it builds, like there's a greater appreciation for something you have to wait for that you, you know, if it comes too easy, so if it's all available. And you think about how long it takes to make these TV shows and me, I, you know, when, when when I had some time at home my own over the the rainy summer, I might burn through eight episodes of something on a weekend, right? And it took them a year to make that. And I just watched it, like burn through it and fast forward bits and skip bits I whatever got bored on. So it's not a good business model to let people binge and you don't get the same sense of appreciation of it. And also I think people are on different timelines. So I think you, I think what, what you see is, um, Certainly for big flagship shows, you see Netflix and Apple and Disney releasing things episodically, weekly. So I think they've realised that, they, you know, RTE look more like the streamers and the streamers are starting to look more like a traditional broadcaster where they make it available at a certain time. Because I, I think they're somewhere in the middle. But the ability, I totally agree, the, the option to choose what you want when you want it for most of their content is probably a good, a good business model. Um, I just want to ask you about, because you, you might think that the growth in digital audio um, has to come from somewhere, and you might you might think that it's going to come from linear radio or FM radio, and to a degree it has marginally, but but traditional radio is still massive. I think it was like maybe 80, 81 or eighty two percent of people listened yesterday, um, and that hasn't changed in four years. It's gone like maybe it's one percent down. I think of what it was for all adults. So. Is that the case? It, like, is digital audio additive to our to our net listenership? And um, and if that's the case, then how is that happening? Because we're commuting less actually than we were before COVID. So, do you have any thoughts on how is it true? First of all, and, and is that and how how is this happening? How are we just consuming loads more? Because we're already pretty heavy radio listeners, and that hasn't dropped that much. So, where where is all yeah. the listenership coming from? Is it young people or new people coming in or what? Yeah, and I look as I said, um, radio listenership is is tremendously strong in Ireland. You know, 80 percent of adults are listening to it weekly. Um, interesting, the figure drops right 
if you look at the, the younger cohort, if you look at 15 to 34s, it drops to about 70%. Mm. And the amount of time that they actually spend listening to radio is, is quite a bit smaller than the average time spent. Right. Look, the fact of the matter is, is that most digital audio listeners listen to radio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're always looking at the, the bit outside the Venn diagram. Yeah. But actually, let's look at let's look at the, the picture as 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 it really is. Um, most digital audio listeners listen to radio and the same is true in reverse. Mm. Right. So most people do both. And it's not a case of of either or. Yeah. Um, however, there is a group of digital audio listeners who don't listen to radio. Mm. OK. Yeah. And um even the guys at Radio Centre Ireland uh, did a piece on this and the IAB uh, Red Sea have done a piece on this. And there's about somewhere between three and 400,000 uh, digital audio listeners right. weekly who do not listen to radio. Right. So if you're talking about... So it's incremental. Part, it gives incremental reach, which is important. Yeah, it gives incremental reach and, and, and it's a particular type of reach, right? Mm. So if you're an advertiser and you're trying to reach young people, you should definitely be including digital audio alongside linear FM on your plan, mm, right? Yeah. Uh, there, there's more of a requirement to do so uh, if that's your target audience. And those people you'll tend to find uh, tend to be more consumed with podcasts uh, and music streaming uh, than they are with digital radio. Mm, right. Mm. So, so there's less incrementality um, with digital radio to deliver an audience that's not listening to digital radio, if that makes sense, because I, I, to, I, know, if, I think it does, but it sounds like, it sounds like a, a, a mental um, a riddle for me, the way you're putting it there. But I think, I think I'll get what you're saying. Yeah. I think I get it. Um, yeah. Basically, Dave, the addition, the additional people are the people who aren't listening to radio. Gotcha. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. No, so it, it does add incrementally. It's also, by the way, I know just from a planning point of view, whereas um, like, you you can like there's a lot of clients that maybe didn't use radio for lots for lots of reasons lots of good reasons um and it was more due to the fact that there was no discretion in terms of how you targeted people or that you had to buy radio in a certain way um and now it is quite viable to talk, to go to a client and say we're doing all this other stuff and by the way we're going to do digital audio and just pick these people off and find these passion points or people who are interested in this and get them and with very little wastage so it has I think it's brought people in to audio that wouldn't have come in. And they've, I know in some cases for clients, they've come, they've come in to audio via digital and they've, and then they've gone on to, to run on radio as opposed to the other way around. So I think it's been good. I think it has been good. Anything, anything that's good for like, it's the same. I know radio stations would probably see digital as, as a threat or competition for, for budget. But I think that when you combine them, it makes both stronger and it, and it, it it's, a, it's, they're complementary. So I think, I think they should, not see it that way but anyway um we'll get into some of the innovations and, and ways you buy because I'm always I'm always not not sure there's different levels of understanding of of the the trading the, the way it can be bought or the packages or how it's sold and what you can and can't do amongst the listeners because you know some people are students and some people are seasoned marketers and some people are deep into specialisms um but before we do that What's what's big content wise at the moment? What types of shows are doing well? What are what are we really interested in? Is there any any kind of trends happening in digital audio that like what what are the staple big things either in shows or in terms of show categories or genres or content genres? What's big? What are we like? Yeah, look, I think the pecking order is, is pretty much remained the same. Um, and again, I'm just I'm just thinking of that 
research study that has now repeated itself three or four times over three or four years. So look, music streaming is still the engine um, of digital audio. Mm-hmm. Okay, so about two thirds of people who are listening to digital audio listen to music, and um, music streaming that is. So that's you know your likes of Spotify, your likes of SoundCloud. Um, second is digital radio. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and then third is, is that mostly is, Irish, is that mostly Irish radio or any radio? Do you think in in just like your yeah, know, it, it would be yeah yeah. So I mean we 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 have a good vantage point on on that in radio, and what we see is about about two thirds of it. Uh, is people listen to Irish radio stations, right. and about twenty percent of it is, is is you know the likes of the BBC or okay. whatever UK radio stations, um, and and then podcasts would be would come in third, but podcasts are growing probably fastest, right? Um, of of those three different content types, right? Yeah, um, yeah, because there's loads. I forgot, like there's lots of different. In my head when I was talking to you I was I was. I was kind of thinking of podcasts to a degree, and I forget that like I don't really I don't use digital for music that much, but I forget that it's like it's the whole thing is is monstrous. Um, Densu, and you were in you mentioned this Densu research. Um, I don't want to talk about great Densu research that Densu did because that would that would be I just couldn't do that in the podcast. But you did mention it, and they did some good research. In fairness, on the attention economy, I have my hats off to the global team. They've done some really good work here and we've done work with Karen Nelson-Field and she was on the podcast before. Um, but in that work, digital audio came out really, really strongly. Um, it performed really well. Like it was surprising to me that it, that it did so well. I knew it would do well, but maybe not as well as it, it did was was kind of a surprise. So can you talk to me, um, what, what, what was the, the standout kind of number or or stat or any finding in that research from your point of view, just for anyone listening who hasn't seen it, which most people probably haven't? Yeah, look, I think the key takeaway was that audio outperforms visual media when it comes to attention, brand recall, uh, and brand choice, right? So audio mm-hmm. generates higher attention rates um, than all other media or the all other media average. It was significantly higher than the all other media average. So what was really interesting about the Dentsu Lumen uh, research day was it was it was about attention, right? And what they did is they looked at the levels of attention paid to different media, right? So it was a cross media study. Very often you get one yeah. uh, media segment doing its own research, another media segment doing its own research. What was lovely about this research was it was cross media it was a cross-media study looking at the topic of attention. Um, but what they did is they then related the attention scores to the cost of media. Mm-hmm. And they came up with this metric of um, attentiveness CPMs, the cost yeah. per thousand, uh, based on attention, right? Um, and yeah, you're right. It, 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 and then even peeling back further, why did they look at attention in the first place? Well, they looked at attention because they discovered a really strong correlation between attention and brand lifts, right? Mm, so yeah. everything from sentiment to whatever um, in you know, purchase intent, but crucially sales. So that's yeah. why attention was important. Um, but yeah, as I said, audio outgoing visual um, in terms of attention, brand recall and brand choice. Yeah. And, and then even within audio, podcasts were the star of the show, yeah. right? So podcasts had the highest average attention time of all media. Mm, um, mm. So they 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 did phenomenally well. And and despite the fact that 
um, and some of the, your advertisers listening today will know that podcast CPMs are high. But when you look at podcast CPMs through the lens of attention, mm-hmm. that high CPM actually comes way down. And actually podcast CPMs were actually lower uh, and more cost efficient than TV, online video, social and display. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, I might put a link to it in when I'm in, in the article just because the, the, the study's available and there's a lot in it and, and, and it, it makes like attention is really important. I think attention is the industry, it's a hot topic in the industry um, because thankfully we're moving away from reach. I mean, everybody has reach and just what we talked about, there's an oversupply of um, media opportunities. So, you know, you got just BBC probably got about 18 million um impressions on any given month and that's BBC and they're probably in the top probably six or seven um, and so there's a huge supply of opportunities to connect we're hit with thousands and five five and a half six thousand messages a day um, and yet we've only got the same amount of time because we still have to work and we still have to sleep and do whatever we had to do before so you, you can't be paying as much attention as you used to um, and, and advertising is not going to cut through as much so I think attention is going to be a much more meaningful metric as we as we move forward so it's brilliant to see um, Lumen and, and the, the guys the, the work we did with Dentsu and, and Karen Nelson Field globally and I think we're moving towards like attention as a currency with media agencies and, and how we get to trade with that but I, it made for quite interesting learnings even when you looked at which again intuitively it makes sense like you look at say a tv ad and how you consume that media versus say a, a video ad that shows up on your in your feed and in um, on social and they are pretty much seen as same as you know your extended reach but they're totally not like two seconds you scroll through it you know 1.7 seconds attention is what it is in your news feed and social that's not going to work right so it's not the same it is not the same currency um and they don't deal in the same. So what you define as reach on television, not the same as you define as reach in, in video and different platforms. And even within digital platforms, it's totally different between social, um, in feed, you know. So I think there has to be a standardization of it. But I'm going, I'm digressing here. Um, can you tell me one thing? How big consumers of digital audio are Ireland versus anybody else? Because again, I read, I don't know if it's a soundbite or, um, I, or I definitely saw something on it before that, um, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw some a number here and it's probably wrong, or I'm gonna throw the fact and it's probably wrong. I heard we're just behind the US and Sweden, um, we're third. But in Europe we're probably second behind Sweden, I think, in terms of our consumption of digital content. We're way ahead of the UK even. Am I right? Are we that big consumers of it? D- digital audio content, yeah. Dave. Yeah. Or yeah, po- was no, a podcast I, generally or digital I, audio content? I can't think remember. it was I think it was a was it a Reuters study? On on yeah podcast consumption it was because yeah, the work yeah because it was it was about forty two and I think the UK was thirty two but it was only podcast that's what it was because I think digital audio yeah. you said is seventy something that's right yeah so we're, we're massive are we are we that big we are massive yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. no no look we 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 love it and like why wouldn't you um I mean there's I mean what you see in podcasts now is uh, there's actually in terms of podcast creation podcast shows it's slowing right. Yeah, it's, it's hard to get past 100 way. episodes, Lee. I can tell you it's hard to get past the 100 <laughs> I mark. I can imagine. That <laughs> takes some stamina. Um, no, but what, what, what you're starting to see is, uh, you know, the, the economics are starting to come into it, yeah. right? And, and what you have is the top 1% of shows are getting 99% of the listens, yeah. right? Um, but those shows are incredibly well produced. Yeah. So, 
uh, even though there's thousands and thousands of shows, the ones we're all listening to are are really good, yeah. really well produced, um, and have massive audiences. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so what type of inventory do you have in Audio One? So, what can I buy now? If I'm putting my media planning and my my client hat on. What what's available to me if I go to buy from you guys? What are you selling? This and uh, across a different format. So, um, even in podcasts or radio stations, even just give give me a quick rundown of your inventory. What you have, how it's the composition of it yeah okay so firstly we've about 2.3 million listeners a month which i think is the biggest um unlike some other sales points in in the audio area we've a we've a portfolio of different content types so we're not just exclusively music streaming exclusively radio uh, we have music streaming we have radio we have podcasts and um, so you can buy based on content type or you can buy a bit of everything which we call audio audio one everywhere um yeah, I and mean, look, we've people who come to us who want music streaming only. We've people who come to us who want radio only. Mm. Um, you know, so so you can buy, you can buy lot, yeah, you know, and and then you can go further, right? So you can say podcasts, and you can say, but I want genres. You know, right. so the top. I think you asked a question earlier, Dave, which is what type of content in the podcast area is really popular? Yeah. Um. So it's it's you know sport, news, business, uh, comedy, entertainment. True crime is yeah, huge. Yeah. Absolutely huge. Um, and if if that's what you want, you know, we can run your ads just in that particular vertical, right? Right, yeah. Um, most of the stuff we do is is spot ads, although we are starting to move into um podcast host reads, which okay. is which which is exciting because Yeah. I'm available for them, by the way, if anyone wants <laughs> to I can do them. I might be I'm very good at them, but I can do them. Um so, you probably so, have a crazily high CPM. Oh yeah, absolutely. I have to charge. Yeah. I only have about fifty listeners. No, that's not true. Um, <laughs> but I have to charge a lot. They're very valuable listeners, Lee. So I'd have to charge a lot, a lot for them. But, but anyway, um, so SoundCloud, right? Because you mentioned SoundCloud, and so and we're all familiar with music streaming. Um, and I, I may be doing a disservice here, but like, is there any difference between like is SoundCloud not just kind of the same thing as Spotify, only like a bit smaller, or am I not doing you justice here? What's different about it? Why would I? Why would I specifically use SoundCloud? Yeah, look, SoundCloud is is basically music discovery, right? Um, so very simply, that's why there's there's so many tracks on SoundCloud, right? Because it's where new artists, emerging artists, typically upload their their content first. So on SoundCloud, you'd have three hundred million tracks. Uh, on other streamers, the next closest streamer would probably have seventy million tracks. Right. Uh, so there's a much larger a more diverse catalogue of content on SoundCloud. And, you know, it's played a massive role in the emergence of, like, Sir Billie Eilish. Take Billie Eilish as an example. You know, she's famously quoted as said, I would be nothing without SoundCloud. Right. So, so, so Spotify is more established artists, but SoundCloud is, 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 is a platform where music is broken and discovered and launches new music. So it's a longer tale of smaller listenership, but, more diversity of music. And what about Irish? Is it is it more like is is Irish content music content popular on Spotify or on SoundCloud? Sorry. Yeah, yeah it is. It is right. So um, we did look at this recently, and there were six Irish acts in the top ten. Sorry, tracks in the top ten tracks on SoundCloud. So it's a global platform uh, featuring global artists, but actually Irish artists are faring incredibly well. Which right, you know. For, for for guys who are out selling it, it's you know that's a nice dimension to selling it. 
um, to see how well Irish artists are doing, you know. So, yeah, look, it, it's where local artists kind of blow up. I, I'll give you an example. Have you heard of these guys um, chasing Abbey? I, I don't know anybody. I'm too old. You don't know anybody? No. Right, okay. So so they they blew up recently, generally speaking. They, they were down at the electric picnic and they, they kind of stole the show. Um but they, they they blew up on on SoundCloud and they with their label anyway, and I think they credited SoundCloud with, with playing a role in in their discovery um, and, and them kind of you know making their way, um, you know, and and they, they they they've almost pioneered this new genre of, of music called trad house, right. right? And that's kind of what what SoundCloud does. It's a global platform, but it kind of hot houses local musical genres right um and, and and kind of takes them global so yeah the, you know that's just an example of of a, of a recent local act that that's kind of blown up mm. and um soundcloud has played a role in there there are lots mm. of other things that have happened for them um but in, in terms of helping them be discovered and, yeah. and, and grow well, that's no, that's that's really interesting because you know we do like I think everybody knows and it's not like we, we do and it's not just an Irish thing we we do like to support our own economy whatever that is looked like we and there has been a trend about you know supporting local thing and trying and trying to and it's not it's not there's anything wrong with with the big global um, corporations but trying to support the smaller independents and and that that that. Um, trickles out into everywhere so I didn't realise that about, about SoundCloud but that's really interesting that it's kind of um, it's much it's, it's much more about discovery which I think is really important from an advertising point of view I just put my planning hat on and go and there's you know a, a really nice mindset to target people in is when they're discovering new things so people are open to trying new music and they're in that kind of mindset it's a really nice um, media mindset to talk to them about trying a new brand because they're, they're discovering new things that that discovery in media is quite a powerful mindset I think so and I didn't realise that there was so much um, well that it was so much um, I suppose diverse content but Irish content that's really good it's really good to know um, funny I had yeah. go on no, no I was just saying no you're dead right look brands but not, not all brands but some brands really want to associate with people and environments that they believe are in the vanguard mm. right because some some brands have values of you know being bold, yeah. being daring, being at the frontier, um, and you know very often where interesting people congregate is where culture is shaped. Yeah, no, absolutely, know? I agree. Um, yeah, I agree. The mainstream is fine, and the, all the the volume is in the middle, but the interesting things happen on the edges um, of everything. So um, it's funny. A couple of years ago, I had um, Will Page, who wrote a book called Tars and Economics," on. It's a fascinating book, and he's chief um, economist for Spotify. He was. Um, it's a great. It's a brilliant book. But interestingly, he because I always assumed that digital audio was bad for music, right? Or musicians or artists because um, the, the, the 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 old model of buying it first and consuming it later and you couldn't just buy a track, you had to buy the whole album, right? And then that went into Apple where you could buy a song. But now it's a subscription. So you just, you pay and you, it's like a, a music buffet. It's all you want, right? So, and I was worried, how was that repatriated to the artist? And he argues that's been really good because it's, it's kind of, um, it's brought people back in. It's made tracks that wouldn't have been bands that wouldn't have been famous and given bands a new lease of life and older music a new lease of life. So, how does um, SoundCloud work in terms of benefiting artists? Is 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 SoundCloud um, SoundCloud particularly say because you know that better? Is that is that a more equitable and fair distribution, a redistribution of wealth to artists than say, well, 
Spotify for argument's sake. How is it? How do you get? How do you make money off it if you're an artist? Is, is it fair or are they not making anything? Because the, the subscription is fixed and it's not going to. It's not going to. How, how do they? Re, how are they paid? Yeah, look, I think the challenge for artists on on more established music platforms is, um, you know, I mean, if you look at the economics on on Spotify, right? So you have, you have I think I said it earlier, ninety nine percent of the revenues, or sorry, ninety percent of the revenues accrue to one percent of the artists. Yeah. Okay, and and all of the tools are geared towards you hearing, um, you know, playlisted music, yeah. right? Um, and and that's why those tools that are meant to make life easier for us um, have actually made life a bit more stale because what they do is they just play you what everybody else is listening to Taylor Swift on on repeat yeah all the time yeah and and look there's nothing wrong with that but it 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 creates an uneven playing field, yeah. um, especially for new emerging artists. Because yeah, you can't get in. You can't break into that if, if you're being served what's most popular. You're never going to get in. You're never going to get in, right? So so these tools, these recommendation engines, these you know playlisting algorithms are, are meant to make life easier for us. And in a sense, subconsciously, or behind the scenes, maybe they do, but um, they make for just you know a, a plain vanilla yeah. Um, world uh, where 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 artists find it just really di- like the, the paradox of all of this, Dave, is that it's so much easier now for artists to, in a sense, get up and running. Yeah. Right. So production tools, um, content creation costs have never been lower. Yeah. Right. So it's incredibly affordable for anybody to be a blogger, to be a podcaster, to be an artist. Okay. Mm-hmm. It helps if you have talent in all those areas too. Uh, but it's never been easier, right? Yeah. But the problem is because it's so easy, there's so much more competition, and with comp- yeah, so just which then so makes it harder more. again. So the the, we, the the competitive ease ease of of entry to the category is mitigated by the oversupply. So exactly because it's so easy, everybody's there, and then on top of that, then you have these filters, which are playlists um, and recommendation engines, which just kind of work on a lowest common denominator basis. So if you're in any way outside of the mainstream, it's really difficult. And that's why SoundCloud has a major role to play in the music industry because it incubates and it, and it gives, I suppose, it gives a, a, a chance, right? So it's not the to, same type of recommendation engine then as, as Spotify would use. It's like a different no. discovery platform, is it? No, it's not. Well, I mean, the music for a, for a, for a start is different, and it, and it's yeah, not it's yeah. not you know mainstream global chart music. Right, um, right. So so it's easier. Um, it's easier for you know music that's less popular to feature higher, uh, if you like. Um, and then the other thing you talked about just being equitable. Yeah, I, I mean, what what SoundCloud have done is they've they pioneered this thing called fan powered royalties. Right. Yeah. Um, which is a really interesting concept. So the way it works on other streamers is they look at streams. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they look at your streams as a percentage of total streams. And that's what you get paid. Yeah. Whereas what SoundCloud does is it doesn't look at streams. Uh, it looks at how many individual artists 
did you listen to? Right. Right. So if you listen to a thousand, you know, if you listen to uh, Taylor Swift a hundred times, it kind of counts Taylor Swift as one. So it creates a much more level it's much playing more equitable field. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, that's, and that's probably therein lies why new and up and coming artists go to that platform because it's fairer for them. How granular can I be in terms of an audience I want to buy with you guys? You can be too detailed. And I mean, that's always the, the it's always the problem. Um, just because the data is there doesn't mean you need to use the data. Just because you, well, can you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. Yeah, it comes up all the time. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, right? So a lot of the data we'd have available to us is first-party data. So, you know, registration data, the people volunteer, what age they are, gender, geo, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but you can layer on top of that you know, you can target at a device level, you can target at a contextual level, a genre level, a day part level. Dave, you can do so much, right, that it's the paradox of choice, right, too much yeah, choice, yeah, and yeah. you can end up with a with a, a campaign that's too highly engineered and, and doesn't work for yeah. that reason. Oh, alone. yeah, no, yeah, I know, I know that. And we are guilty of that. Do you do data matching if clients have first party data? Can you match database and you segment their customers? Can you, can you do that type of sophistication? We haven't done that. That's the first time I've been asked. Okay. Again, that's that's the first time that's for first, me as well. Good. Right, we can check that out. The question gets asked far more than the appetite um, I hear from clients about doing it, um, but it is definitely going to be a way forward. If you have logged in news and you have first-party data and other clients have first-party data, just in terms of segmenting messages and segmenting customers, non-customers, or different types of customers is really, really powerful. Do you do promotions or anything else? I know you said it's mostly spot, but you're moving into other things. What are you doing? You said you mentioned presenter inreads. Um, are they if because they're not all Irish is it only with Irish podcasts or are you doing it with other podcasters or radio radio shows but geo-fencing Irish reads if that if that makes sense is that an area you're looking into more innovative yeah. than just spot yeah no look we 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 want to we want to expand the offering we want to get into host reads um just because host reads are effective you know a lot more yeah. effective than than straightforward spot ads because ultimately what you have with a host read is you have Somebody who people trust, somebody who has credibility, yeah, lending yeah. their credibility to a brand. So it works. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I'm a big fan of them myself. I really like them. So just wondering on the, the, the technical side of it, what you can do if you, um, you know, if it's Irish grand, but if you've got non-Irish, can you, UK fragments, can you just do a, a version that serves to the Irish only with a, with a specific geo-targeted message for that one and um, for a yeah. presenter in read? But all that stuff is yeah. probably coming. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like technically, you absolutely can do that. The issue is, you know, to, to do a host read campaign, you, you just need scale. And there yeah. would be very few shows that would have the, the requisite scale um, to work, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, I mean, there's only about 10 to 15 shows in Ireland that take host reads. Um, but, you know, where they do and where the brand is, you know, good alignment between the brand and the host, mm-hmm. uh, that's where the magic happens. And, yeah. um you know, because it, it, at the end of the day, it's it's endorsement, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, now, if you have a host that's enthusing about every single brand, yes, uh, they'll quickly lose work. credibility. It won't work. Yeah, yeah, and they'd probably self police that one. I'm sure they'd like if it's something they 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 genuinely care about, um, and they're not going to saturate themselves and do a different one every day, that kind of stuff. How creative can it be with digital audio? So, tell me about some of the 
innovations because we talked about like a lot has changed in the category there's a lot more innovation that you can do and even maybe it's in terms of dynamic um, audio or creative that kind of stuff so what, give me some examples or stuff that you've done or, or stuff that you are looking at doing just in terms of innovation because we love innovations and clients love being innovative so what, what is the stuff you've seen where, where it's just really smart really really innovative and, and great use of the format is right and you can give me example. I love examples because and I might, and I could even play them then, and this separately. I could kind of put them as a link and play them if people want to hear them. Just examples of different creators would be really cool. Yeah, so look, we work with a company called A Million Ads. A Million Ads, they're a software company, but what their software allows is the personalization of audio ads, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you if you take the example of a voiceover artist goes into a studio and lays down a master ad copy, so one piece of ad copy. Um, that traditionally everybody in Ireland would have heard, right? What a million ads allows you to do is the voiceover artist goes in, does that, but also in the recording studio and session, also records words that, let's call them variables, right? So instead of going in and saying today, uh, he or she will go in and say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, they'll also say morning, afternoon, evening, uh, and what happens with a dynamic ad, Dave, is that those words are inserted where relevant. So if you're listening to the ad in Dunleary on a Tuesday morning, instead of it saying uh, today in Ireland, it'll say good morning, Dunleary. It's Tuesday, right. etc. Okay, yeah, yeah. And suddenly, what are you going to feel? You're going to feel, OK, this ad is for me. Yeah. knows me, understands me. Um, and you're going to just, you're going to, again, go back to attention. You're going to pay more attention. You're going to be more engaged. And you're going to remember the ad. Yeah. Okay. And you, it's going to make you feel a little bit more special, right? And and that's that's the whole idea with personalized ads is you just feel that they're more for you and the brand is maybe more sensitive uh, yeah, towards yeah. you. Um, it's, that's more relevant, it's more relevant to you. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, lo- it's lost on the individual, which is a good thing that they don't need to realize that like you just hear it, it just resonates with you, but but you're not aware of the complexity of going on and you don't need to know that it's, it's it knows where you are and what time of day is and what device you're even listening on because you don't need to know that. So it's kind of, it's, it's smart in the background, but it's not kind of, well, you're not aware that you're, I don't know, your location is being used or or whatever the case may be. So, which I always prefer rather than your message, hey, Dave, we see you're in Dunleary. You go, what's yeah, going yeah, on? Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah, no, 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 that would not be good. Might yeah, be. Yeah. But good, but good but for I, Halloween. Good for Halloween. Be, yeah. yeah, it's kind of yeah, targeting yeah, people no, and scaring them. Um, we tend to no, stay away from people's names. But no, I mean, stuff like that is just, it's just clever, right? And it's and it's possible. Um, and, and look, there's countless research studies show that yeah, people do feel um, more positive about the brands um, they hear personalized ads from, yeah. right? So it works. Makes right? sense. So that's that's a good that's a good execution. The other one we're doing more and more with um, is a thing called Shake Me, yeah. right? So these are ads that the ad copy actually tells you to shake your phone to right. do something, right? So it might say, "Shake your phone to donate right. uh, to a particular charity." Oh yeah, we did something one of them for you, didn't we? Yeah, you, we, we we did one with you guys for Electric Ireland, Darkness and Delight. Yes, um, that's right, yeah. So they used it to do two things. One was to sign up um, for the event. And then the other thing post-event was to donate to the charity, right? Mm-hmm. And it worked really well. And again, it's just, 
it's a feature built into your phones. How uh, sensitive you is it? Like, is it is it a rigorous shake or is it a, a gentle a gentle caress or like because you know I, I'm pretty active when I'm cycling, so I might inadvertently be doing jumps and bunny hops and whatever and donating money left, right, and center. Yeah, well, I haven't seen on a bike. No, it, it's vigorous, Dave. You need to be quite right. vigorous with your phone, okay. right? So, but yeah, be vigorous and stuff happens. Um, and as I said, look, we did it with another client who wanted us to help them drive downloads and, and it did that. Um, we did it with a client that wanted us to generate calls and it didn't work because I think a lot of people just were curious, shook their Oh, the novelty and, factor, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and ended up uh, within two seconds talking to somebody trying to sell them insurance. And they're and, going, oh, shit, when someone uh, answered and go, oh, shit, and they're hanging up, it worked. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. exactly. They, could, they couldn't believe it was going to work, and it did work. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I think Shake really cool, to yeah. drive somebody to a landing page uh, definitely works. Um, yeah. So is, and is, is there, is there um, again, could be, could be free ideas for you, Lee, here. Um, is there voice activation thing now where you go, just say call now if you want, because that's an you know, we're, we're moving to, well, that is touchless, but it's, it's, it's emotion activated. Whereas the world is going like zero click search, zero, like voice interactions. Is, is there a capability to integrate voice into there this is. now? Yeah. Has there anyone is. done it or is yeah. this, or is this, am I getting royalties no. off this? Cause it's the first for me here. No, no, no. Yeah. You heard it here first. Folks. Oh, this is um, unreal. This, this is unreal. Exactly. We're, we're, we're launching everything here today. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. We're, you're, you're making money, Dave. I'm making like money, it. Lee. I'm making money. Always be making money. Um, what yeah. works well? Like, what? Like, does like? Are there any like universal rules? Like, for example, for for retailers or like I don't know, like Apache Pizza or Burger King, local. Be specific. Be regional. Like, does regional work better? Is that proven to work better in audio ads? That are somewhat regional. You talked about it there. Good morning, Don Leary. Is that does it work? Proven to work better? Do you think? Um, well, I, I, I give a shout out to the guys at IRS. I mean, that they they looked at this. They looked at you know local accented ad copy and and you oh, know yeah, running yeah, running yeah. you know powering local ad campaigns and it worked mm. right. So again, it just goes back to that whole idea of personalization and making the ad feel more um, relevant and local to the people who are listening to it. Yeah. You know? So I mean, it's it's kind of basic stuff. Um, but how often we forget. Well, it's, know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, there's a lot of opportunities. The there is a lot of opportunities. And I find the biggest problem with, whether it's clients or even agency people, is is just kind of devoting the time to it because there's a million things that you could be doing. But So, million dollar question here. Um, do you provide creative solutions to people, to clients, if they need help? So, if clients go, well, we don't know how to do this. Um we we want a bit of help. Like, would you even work with clients who say, give us a brief and we'll come back? Because you you guys know what works. The owners of platforms and media owners know what works with their audience better than anyone else. So it's all very well us telling you what we want to do. But we're probably, some people are probably doing very basic stuff. But do you ever go, give, give us a brief and let us kind of tell you what's going to work? And do you have a creative resource, a creative engine, a production engine? Can you help with dynamic or how does that work? What, what can you do? Do you do any of that with clients to help them? We do... All of that with clients. Like to be honest with you, we, we'll do whatever it takes to get clients uh, investing in in digital audio. Right? It's new, and because it's new, we we've we've a role to play in in you know on the education side and making it easy. Um. So yeah, uh, we create ads for clients. Clients want to do, um, like 
uh, dynamic audio, for example, we have a production expert who understands the Million Ads uh, studio right. software, and he'll actually sit in during the recording session and make sure that he has the copy he needs to go and do his thing. Okay. Um, in terms of assisting clients with just, you know, targeting capabilities or, or just advising them on what's going to work and what's not going to work, probably as importantly, what's not going to work, that's what we do. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I, I mean, look, we, we're, we're trying to grow the medium. Um, it's it's very exciting, um, you know, and it, it's all anchored on what I said right at the start, which is audio is a special format, yeah. as the radio guys will tell you. Um, and if you can just add to that and embellish it, you're already working with, you know, a great raw material, which yeah. is people's attention to yeah. audio content. Yeah, yeah. You know? No, I agree. And, and, I, and one, one of the, I think one of the problems that rightly or, or wrongly was kind of um, radio was, it was often accused that the standard of creative being relatively poor. And that, that's been going on for years and years and years, it's been said. So, and I think, um Radio Centre Ireland have done a, a lot of work and trying to you know, they've done great work in fairness. Um right in that Kieran, the next the next boss of mine, he's done a great job in there is in promoting radio and audio and the and creativity within audio as well. I think and now given with uh, given all the opportunities available to be more creative, I think I think I just get a sense that audio is capturing the imagination both of clients and of like the creative agencies as well. So we, media agencies have always been a fan of it because it's a really powerful way to connect with people. But I just get a sense that creatively it's becoming a bit more interesting for agencies now, So which I think is good. So because um, there's lots of innovation happening in the space and I think it's great and long may it continue. So um, if anyone's listening and they just want to find out a little bit more about Audio One or have you got any case studies? Where can they find out? Who can they contact? Uh, is there, do you have any case studies on your website or anything or where can they go if they want to have a look around? Yeah, to, to, look, just go to audioone.ie. We do our best to just keep our blog up to date with, um, you know, cool research. Um, so, so yeah, there's actually a lot of stuff on there. So I, I, that's what I do. I'd encourage people just to visit the website uh, and reach out to me as well, so Lee at audio1.ie. Uh, be very happy to help. Right, you know. cool, cool. Okay, Lee, well, um, again, we didn't do too bad in that one. I, I really thought this was going to be 40 minutes or less, and it's not. It's longer. It's longer again, but I just got into it, and we just had lots more to talk about than than I thought we might have. So, uh, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. And there was genuinely, there's loads, there's loads going on in audio. It's a really exciting medium. Um and it's 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 in favour. It's in vogue. It's fashionable now at the moment with all the attention work that's come out. So, um, I, yeah, I wish you all the best, and and uh, I hope that's your fine. success continues to grow and and good luck with everything. So, thanks, thanks, um, and importantly, it's Friday afternoon. Um, it's not great out. So, at this end of the week, I'll I'll let you go because I've taken too much of your time already. But thanks so much for coming in, Dave. It's been a pleasure. Mm -hmm. Look Cheers. After yourself. Thanks, Lee. Cheers. Take care. So, yes, um. Yeah, shorter than usual. And that's it. But that's it. That's all she wrote. We're out of time again. So, yeah, great. Thanks, Lee. Thanks for coming on. Um, I meant to get you on for a long time, so I'm glad I did. And thanks to you for listening. And if you don't know, now you know. Audio is exciting. Audio is dynamic. And it's growing like a weed. So, um, yeah, I'm genuinely excited about audio at the moment. So thanks, Lee, and thanks for listening. And thanks to Kira in marketing and Andrea on sound. And thanks, as always, to our partners in Irish Times Media Solutions. If you liked that episode, why not listen back to our hundred odd back catalogue of evergreen episodes? You'll find them 
by typing Irish Times Inside Marketing into your search engine of choice. So until next time, thanks for listening. The Inside Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Dentsu and Irish Times Media Solutions.